Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, coming to you live from Columbia, Tennessee, here in southern middle Tennessee. We're going to reach a little farther south in this next segment and head down to the ham. Obviously, the home bubble of the 2022 USFL season that will hopefully kick off. (laughs) We'll tell you why it's hopefully here in just a second as we have a special guest with us here on the line. He's, well... 30-year newspaper vet, Mo. You know any of those? (laughs) I don't even know what to say. There you go. (laughs) He's been the sports editor of the Birmingham Post-Herald and the Aniston Star. Sounds familiar. (laughs) Yes, it does. And uh, spent some time in South Carolina as well in Anderson and Seneca. He's covered the Masters. He's... Covered the NFL, and he's pretty funny. So I'm excited to get him on the show. He's also the author of a book I absolutely love called The Home Team, My Bromance with Off-Brand Football. Scott could essentially... I think Scott is my long-lost uncle, Mo. <laughs> but we have Scott Adams... Do I need and to all- send you money? If I'm your long-lost uncle, do I need to send you money or anything? <laughs> Can this I just news to me? Can I just inherit the collection? Because my goodness, I, Scott, you can't see this, but on our set, uh, we actually have in front of me a Birmingham Steel Dogs mini helmet and the two bobbleheads, the Bobby Humphrey and Rusty, the Steel Dog bobbleheads here on the set, and uh, we also have a Birmingham Vulcans program from when they played the Memphis South Men in the studio as well. So. I, oh, nice! We're close. I've, I've got a, I've got a WFL football sitting at the house myself. Hey, those were great days. I mean, I know we're going to talk about the USFL, but the the WFL was my gateway drug into alternative football. So I'll I'll always have fond memories of WFL. The, the, and you're talking about the first one, though, not the second one, where they confiscated the uniforms as they came off the field with the sheriff's <laughs> department, right? Yeah, that that was kind of a sad ending to the championship game. You have your, you know, they they break out the champagne in the locker room, and here come the sheriffs taking all their equipment away. So <laughs> I guess that was, uh, I guess that kept them all down to earth. They couldn't celebrate too much. Oh man, it's it's been a whirlwind of a lifetime. If you were a Birmingham football fan, or I say football's really kind of been the one that's that's gotten them, but but there's been some other sports that. You know, the Birmingham Bandits basketball team where they, to save time, they introduced the fans to the players instead of the players to the fans. Yeah. So, you ever been to one of those games, Mike? Yeah. Once or twice. <laughs> Scott, I, we did want to bring you in to talk about uh, the USFL because this this is a new USFL. This is a completely new organization who we thought and probably did legally obtain the trademarks to team names and that sort of thing for the USFL. But a lawsuit has been filed in California saying that maybe this, maybe this group, uh, this, this Fox owned league does not quite have as much um, usage rights as they claim. 
and I know you wrote a you wrote a story on your website today about it, but you're not a lawyer, um, and no, not not even close. But tell me, you know, what does this what does this mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, anytime you're dealing with a legal issue, you know, like this, I guess the first thing that I'm thinking is, okay, is this is there going to be some sort of temporary injunction? You know, how is this going to work? How fast is it going to move through the system? And it just sort of caught me off guard because I remember, I guess it was last June when the league or when Fox announced that they were, in their words, relaunching the USFL. It was just a couple of days later that Steve Earhart, who had been a former official in the USFL, said, wait a minute, you know, we've got, we've got rights to logos and names and stuff. So, I followed that briefly. I thought, yeah, this could be a problem. But then it's like it just died. So after a couple of weeks, I guess I just stopped thinking about it. But but figured once, you know, they announced the name of the league and the name of the teams and everything, I just assumed they'd work that out, you know, whether they had, you know, bought the rights to the names and logos or what. I mean, I just assumed that I'm thinking, obviously not or someone doesn't think it's settled. So that sort of starts the process all over again. So to that end, we do know the trademarks were were let go and Fox purchased the trademarks. Is that different? And you know, obviously the logos are the same for most teams. Birmingham's aren't isn't, but most teams have the same logos. Yeah, it's very close. I mean, there's uh, the Breakers is a little different. Uh, I think they tweaked the Panthers one, which is terrible. Because to me, the Panthers logo is the best logo ever. If, if they were going to have to swipe it, just go ahead and completely steal the original. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what is it about this league that can make it work? Oh, wow. You know, that's every league that, <laughs> every league that comes along, that's the question. And no one has yet come up with an answer, which is odd to me because if you look at, you know, baseball obviously for decades has had a minor league system. It works well in hockey. It works well now in basketball. You would think it could work in football, but to this point, it hasn't. And, you know, for me, I'm always trying to, to figure what's it going to take? You know, what is going to be the you know, who's going to wave the magic wand and figure out what has to be done to make these things work? Because I certainly think there's an audience for it. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of good players that don't get to play in the NFL or CFL that can stock viable leagues. I mean, no, they're not NFL level, but, you know, you can make a, a good AAA league. But I don't know. It seems like, you know, first couple of weeks, whether it's the you know this league, the XFL, or whatever, people really seem to get into it. But then you move along in the season, you get to you know week five, week six, week seven. It's like the novelty wears off. And then if you make it to the end of the season, which is something none of these leagues have been able to do here lately, you know the the stakeholders or whatever just they look at all the money they've lost and they pull the plug because they I don't know I guess for some reason in their mind they think hey we can make money from this league which maybe they can, but they don't give it enough time to find out whether or not they can make money from it. So I don't know. I, I mean, I think you're going to have to have a group of people, and whether that's Fox or with the XFL 
you know, whether it's Redbird Capital or whatever, you got to have people who are willing to lose millions of dollars for several years and just kind of, you know, tweak things and see what works and what doesn't. Then maybe at that point you could have something stabilized. But, but that gets back to your original question. Who is going to wait? You know, who's going to continue to lose money until they can figure out how it's going to work? That's the big question. In the world of business, and I learned this with the Steel Dogs because I was uh, I'm friends with many of the front office people and that sort of thing. It, the these sports teams are designed to be write offs for a lot of businessmen and business mm-hmm. owners. You would think that. It, Technically, you can you can operate at a loss for three years. The problem here is that this is a single entity, and I'm not sure how that necessarily works because I, I don't know I, if the owner is the TV group. You know, most of your in most of the income comes from your TV package. Where do they make their money here? And this yeah, that's is just, a great question. This is just me spitballing here. I mean, do you guys have any ideas? Huh. <laughs> like, if you, if everything you, every other league in the world gets their their biggest income is from their TV deal, well, you are the TV company. I, I, <laughs> so yeah, so there is an inherent problem right there. <laughs> But I, I'm I, very confused. JP had a point, I think. Uh, yeah, you know, Scott made an interesting point about you know the other leagues have been able to find a way to get a minor league system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference is, and Scott, you can certainly uh, attest to this or, or help me out, but I think until the NFL itself actually goes in on this and supports a minor league system tied into the NFL with affiliates and that nature. Um, I don't see how it can work, but you look at the others, you know, you've got the G league or, or whatever it's called now. WNBA is backed by the NBA. Um, you know, you've got, uh, the minor league hockey leagues that are affiliated in some capacity with the NHL. Uh, I think that may be the only way if the NFL gets behind it, Scott, what do you think? No, I, I agree. And, and one thing and this, you know, anytime I say this, this upsets people who are fans of spring football to me, you know, if, if I could do it, if, if somebody said, okay, we're going to do minor league football the way you want it done, how do you want it done? It would basically be like an, a football version of the G League, but it would be played in season, like, say, Tuesday or Wednesday night. And, you know, the 32 NFL teams, they put a minor league team in 32 cities, like, say, say the Tennessee Titans has a minor league team in Memphis. Yeah. And you play during the season. So that would never happen, well, yeah. Scott. But <laughs> no. well, you know, Birmingham, Birmingham is a big Titan town. So, so let's say that. Let's say that yeah. Birmingham. Let, let's, say that. <laughs> let's say that. Okay. Much okay. safer so, option. So we'll, say the Birmingham, <laughs> we'll say the Birmingham Titans are the farm club of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. You play in season Tuesday or Wednesday night, whenever, when it's a really nice, uh, really light night for other football. You know, you have a, a tackle that goes down, you pull one up from your minor league. Or you have a you know, a, a quarterback who needs some work, you send him down to Birmingham and let him play. And, you know, I, I think that system, 
you know, you could experiment with rules and, and do all sorts of things like that. I think that would be great. I know I would watch it. I mean, I'll, I'll watch pretty much anything, but I would certainly watch an NFL-sanctioned in-season minor football league. So that you know, that would be my dream is if that could be pulled off. But it seems like even when the NFL, you know, dangles that care to possibly having a developmental league, it's always mentioned as a league that's going to play in the spring. Well, you know, they tried that with NFL Europe, and it. I think being in Europe didn't was the problem. I mean, had they kept the World League of American Football the way it was in the early nineties, and just developed it the way they eventually did with NFL Europe, it could have worked, don't you think? Yeah, and that you know, it, it still puzzles me that they did pull the plug on that after just two years. Um, you know, it, it seems like especially, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, when it became NFL Europe and then NFL Europa, it, it bled money, and that's why they ultimately pulled the plug. But, yeah, to just have two years where you have an international league, that it just seemed like they were really, really quick to just say, nah, we're not going to do that. And, you know, they sat out, I guess, two years before they rebooted it. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, that might, you know, certainly with all the power and the wealth of the NFL behind it, I mean, that would be the best possible scenario you could have as a, as a minor league. And yet, we've seen them all, Scott. We've seen them all. I I have not seen them all. I've heard all the stories. My dad tells me. My dad has a Birmingham Americans jersey, man. Uh, Oh, man. Yeah, so uh, I've been there. It's the Americans, the Vulcans, the Vulcans, the Magic, the Stallions, the Fire, the Barracudas, the Steel Dogs, the Bolts, and everything in between. The Iron. It's, It's been a rough go, but... I'm glad that you've seen it, and I hope that this one sticks around and you don't have to go through any more losing your team. Well, uh, you know, on, on the bright side, though, if I do, I could add another chapter to the book. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm always trying to, to look on the brighter side of life there. <laughs> that is, that, hey, if, if that's all you can do. Just look look on the bright yeah, side. There, really? There's there's always a bright side. Scott Adamson, thanks so much for taking some time with us today. Again, tell folks where they can get your book and find your find your work. Uh, it's available pretty much. You know, if you just want to go to my website, it'll direct you straight to the Amazon link, and it's uh, adamsonmedia.com. I, I write a whole lot about alternative football, so if that's your jam, I should be able to uh, to provide some stuff you might be interested in. All right, man. We appreciate it. At Adamson SL on Twitter. Follow him there as well. Scott, thanks, man. We appreciate it. I appreciate it very much, guys. Thank you so much. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about Art Bryles and the WNBA. So come back. It's going to be not, a- not together. Well, the- yeah. Well, yeah. They won't be together. The, yeah. We'll separate those. Yeah. But both of them have just ridiculous decision-making processes, apparently. So, tell you what happened on the other side. Stick around.